Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just want to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last conversation. If you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, thanks so much for coming back. But for everyone else out there who's new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Cheers. 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 Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for coming. Thank you for bringing an Iron City. I don't think I've drank an Iron City in 74 years. Wow. But I'm happy. I'm happy to dig in. Dude, how are you just living? <laughs> I feel Pittsburgh. like we I feel you like know, we have a few Iron City cans that are I that old. A, yes. I just think that I have like a, a different cheap beer of choice. What's your what's your what is uh, it? preferred? High Life. Oh, oh the I champagne. Drank, that was like the expensive beer when I was 18. <laughs> it's like we drink Natty Light, but on New Year's, we'd get that 24 rack of the glass bottle. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> his, I, his gift to all of us was the champagne bottle of the champagne. Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah. It was like a Christmas present. I, I got a case of them somewhere. So I love uh, it. Dude, yeah. I remember like uh, being at a house party right after I had like started to kind of get into craft beer, at least just being aware that it was a thing. And then there was somebody at the party that was like trying to like get a yingling off someone. They're like, you can't have my good stuff. And I thought it was really funny that like yingling was their good stuff. But I mean, to each their own. The premier choice, yingling. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, to this day, I don't like yingling. I just don't like the taste of it. It genuinely makes me like, it's like a science experiment inside of me. Like, <laughs> well, you don't I don't like know. Either, right? I don't. I don't it, like it, it reacts in some weird way to my chemistry, right? Yeah, I'm know, with I, you. I love it. I'm a lager guy. <laughs> hey, I mean, like, I like a lager. There's just something about a Yingling. But you know what? We're not here to talk about Yingling. We may be here to talk about beer at some point in time. <laughs> it's true. But more importantly. Why are the two of you here? There's like 10 different reasons that you could be here. <laughs> you know. JJ hit me up and was just like, hey, I want to come talk. Giovanni's going to come. I'm like, okay, cool. But are we promoting your band? Are we promoting Still City Death Club? Are we promoting Yingling? What the hell are we doing? Who are you? Why are you here? Let the people know. Well, we're definitely not promoting Yingling. Um. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the object. I mean, you know, always looking for that. That sponsorship, yeah. you know, if you it, see this, uh, Yingling yeah, my favorite City, beer. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. We've just been like cooking on a lot of different stuff lately. We've been watching your podcast for quite a while, and we just thought it'd be a pleasure to to meet you in person. I feel like we've had a lot of mutual contacts with people, and it's just like I just missed running into you up until totally, this point. Totally, totally, totally. Um, so for anybody that doesn't know, uh, let's start with Steel City Death Club. Sure, sure. What is Steel City Death Club? Steel City Death Club is a record label, and it's also a booking collective and a multimedia collective right now, too. So we do, like, videos. We do live sessions, interviews. We book shows. We have an audio studio. Um, so, like, we record albums for people and stuff, too. And we're starting to, um, through some third parties, put out, like, tape runs, and we did a vinyl run, too. So kind of a, a hodgepodge of a bunch of different kind of talents and stuff, just like more of a pool of resources. We're definitely working on our identity right now a little bit um, internally of like, because when people ask what is SCDC, we, our buddy Nate, he he's like kind of our copywriter now, mm-hmm. sort of. And he's been coming up with a lot of monikers for us. And one of them that we just put on our website is more than just a label. And so that kind of speaks to that we're 
kind of trying to edge our way into any type of piece of something that a band needs. Um, yeah, just kind of like trying to like foster an environment for our artists and even people through shows like that aren't on the label um, through booking. Just kind of like fostering communities around that and just like making networks of resources for people and stuff too. So especially yeah. for a lot of like us when we were starting out and kind of forming, none of us really had a lot of the talents of audio recording, video production, show booking, and just through like booking Roboto gigs and stuff like that over the course of in-house parties and, you know, all the yeah. DIY stuff. Um, kind of just like brought all these guys um, and girls together in like a real, real cool way. Um, and so I guess the goal is just to foster more of those communities. And especially through this weekend, we just threw Death Fest and yeah. it was a bigger success than we thought it was going to be. So just kind of keeping nuts. that train rolling. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's really cool what you and everyone else who's involved with that project is doing because it's really, really important to actually follow through with the whole like music scene being a community thing. A lot of times people say they're a part of the music scene, but really what they're doing is they're they're in a room with other people who are in the music scene, but there's no actual like, hey, how's it going? It's just right. kind of exactly. like a, what's yeah. up? And that's it, you know? And I think that there's a lot of opportunity that is missed when people don't do that because, you know... Sometimes I can't tell you how many times I've seen some motherfucker on Facebook. that's like, I can't find somebody to shoot a music video. And it's just like, there's people that are at shows with cameras that you were playing. Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. You fucking dingus. Yeah, I know. Exactly. It's just like, where's, where's a good photographer? I'm like, yo, your last show had like 30 good ones. Yeah. What are you talking about. Uh -huh. We just yeah. have been fortunate enough to cross paths and make friends with a lot of really talented people that can do things that, we're adequate at doing and also do things way better than we're doing. Yeah. That kind of seems like everybody that's involved now has like, um, at least it's kind of organizing with like a lot of our shoots, like the live sessions, especially is everybody that's working has kind of developed like a set of skills, whether it's, I'll do most of the recording and engineering and like producing up front, Whereas, you handle a lot of like the logistics and like filming. I'm the secretary. Like, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. But <laughs> I wouldn't say that. You definitely do a shitload, probably more than me. <laughs> and then um, like Evan does all the photography and he's a great videography videographer too. So yeah. it's just, yeah, it's just a very um, cool to see how it's developed over the last like two or three years and everybody kind of really fell into a skill set. Yeah. Just keep it going. And I think the goal now is to like, keep booking shows. Like I love booking shows with people I've never played with before. And that's kind of how I met all of them. That's like, I never known the, Adam. Yeah. That's your before. neck of the woods is like yeah. the show booking thing and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. So basically I, I echo what, uh, I call him Jeb by the way. It's his name is Giovanni. And that's like, I'm going to call him Jeb throughout this whole thing. That's just his, <laughs> his name to me. And it's fair a, enough. That's a long story, but I am conditioned to what, say what's, Jeb. What's you are, you are aware that you're here for long stories, right? Like that's the whole fucking <laughs> thing that, that we're yeah, doing right now. Well, what's the, how are you, why are you called Jeb then? <laughs> All right. Long story. Not really, but in middle school, um, it's kind of still hurts my soul, but I'm still a little, I'm still a little butthurt about it. Not going to lie, throwing that out there. But uh, this kid, I introduced myself to him. He was kind of a popular guy at the time. And so next day I came back into school and he couldn't remember my name. So he called me Jebediah. And that's Fuck. It. Yeah. And that his, stuck. And then his, I leaned into it so hard. His girlfriend while, but... calls him Jeb. 
She doesn't call him Giovanni. Which yeah, it's is, like which weird. That I've known her forever, so it's just like it's just weird if you hear it now. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Nicknames are like that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. What are you gonna do? So, anyways. So, but, do you go by Sykes regularly, or do you go by Brian regularly? I mean, I will say this: I will never introduce myself to somebody as Sykes. <laughs> yes, I'm the same way. Okay. That's exactly. But if you call me it or some, it's um, I will totally react to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty much all it is. You know, um, back when I was playing a lot more solo rap shows, yeah, um, I would introduce myself as Sykes to like a promoter or somebody involved with the show because it's like I can't be like I'm Brian. And everybody's like, well, where's Sykes at? It's like, oh yeah, well that's me. Same thing. You kind of have to because it's yeah. like a it's like a performance thing. Yeah, you're there right. like under your stage. I, the entertainment has arrived. But like <laughs> yeah. we're just like talent back. Yeah, you're just fucking around with a couple people. Like I can't just be like, hey, I'm Sykes. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It sounds so dumb. And like also keeping in mind that like this is like a hip hop moniker that I gave myself when I was a teenager yeah. and I am now not a teenager way, way past a teenager. I'm in my thirties. <laughs> so to, to still be like using that name is like, it really kind of grates me in a weird way to be yeah. honest. Um, but that's a whole nother can of worms. Yeah. We, I mean, we were talking about identity with steel city death club too. And it's kind of a, it's kind of the same thing, but also different. Like, I yeah. Just, when people ask, I just usually say, don't worry about it <laughs> <What's> <laughs> like, until we figure it out. Like, yeah, just like, well, what do you guys do? It's just like, you know. We sit down and talk all the time. And obviously, we've been planning a lot of stuff. So we haven't had much time to talk about big picture stuff. But that's definitely on the horizon of like... And that'll always change too. Like what Steel City Death Club yeah. is. Like what with what we're able to do. It's always going to change in the way that this podcast setup always changes. You can't like put a goal on like an artistic endeavor. Yeah. Because the beautiful thing about art is it like even though you're kind of like a vessel for it, you don't really control it. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's going to turn into whatever the fuck it's going to turn into. And you just have to be along for the ride or not. Right. Anything that I've tried to put like those kind of boundaries on to set from the beginning and not willing to adapt, like it's ended up being shit or just ended up, ah, oh, goddamn, I wish I would have done this kind of stuff. So I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, I'm there's still the video still out there, but I made this uh, like, documentary about us when we hadn't done anything yet in <laughs> yeah. college video class like, Sick. like a, an assignment yeah <laughs> and it's self-made like, doc like i had to do something and uh it has all of us trying to like sitting down talking about our like this is my guitar. It traveled many moons and many miles with me and stuff like <laughs> just that. Like, just like a bunch of 20 year old kids being like, yeah, I put miles yeah, I, I, on this. I bought a focus right 1820. Like I'm so legit <laughs> I'm now. Like, yeah. But go. it's still out there. You can, you can watch it. Um, it's hilarious now, but like, you know, that's us trying to stumble through what we were then. And we're still trying to stumble well, through it, what we are now. You know, you I've know? had a lot of like thoughts regarding that sort of thing like the self-made documentary thing because i'm definitely guilty of doing that when i was younger as well and i think what it is is just like for me anyways and i imagine it was the same with you it's like nobody knows who the fuck you are nobody wants to talk to you but like you want to scream at the world and be like this is what i'm doing yeah, exactly so if you have access to the resources to make like a documentary, yeah. you do it. And then in a few years, you're like, uh, you know, that's, it's that's just so buried with the regular content we do now that it's yeah. like, we might as well just leave it there's, there. There's it's like a, a stumble upon. There's a studio tour in there, which is <laughs> great. Oh, so we're literally pointing out like, this is where like the ripped drum heads this are. Is the like, drum we're head. like, yeah. And, and I'm like, wow, that's so dumb. And I was, it's like, rad. I was like three years ago. I was well, just like, <laughs> I think that what's cool about 
going through all of that stuff is that now in the position that you're in running this, you know, collective label, whatever it is, you can kind of guide some people in a direction to oh. maybe not do those things. Oh, like, absolutely. hey, we did this. It was dumb. Don't do it. Or true. we played a show with this promoter. They suck. Don't do it. Or yeah, exactly. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like I know you talk a lot about like wanting to do younger shows for younger people. Yeah, well, that that's are like cool. Like the, well, that know? was the point of Death Club. Like when I founded it, was like at least there's so many different pockets of scenes, scenes, quote unquote, which yeah. is basically just the friend groups of bands and stuff. And like when we were starting out, especially teenagers starting to play at like the Moose and stuff, 14, 15, obviously you're not really going to run into anybody that's trying to book you too much. So, it felt like there was all this stuff going on, but there wasn't a lot of resources for like, it's very hard to, to, it's right under your nose. Is what I'm saying. Like, it's very hard to find your way into that. Even places like Roboto and like booking it. At first, when I was younger, it was like difficult. How do you book a show? How do you do that? And there weren't really any resources to like learn how to, at least for me. So, so the idea was to just kind of like start booking shows and just lost so much money for, you know, sure, like sure, sure. robot, all that stuff. But then it's like, you start kind of figuring it out. And now it's just like, that, that was kind of the point. I guess when you get offered like, a battle of the band at the Rex to play at 3am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like 17 and it's a Sunday. Yeah. And, and you got school like, the next Yo, day. What are you doing? It's just like, all right. And the biggest cheer wins. Like, come on, bro. Yeah. But, I don't yeah. know. So I guess the idea was just like, kind of for that is like, there weren't a lot of like, opportunities or hard to find your way into those sometimes um because a lot of the scenes are so split up like the, especially genre wise like there's very specific pockets of things and i think the idea too was to kind of like pool a little more broadly than like some other people were doing at the time for like styles of music um but now it's just kind of turned into just whatever we want to do everything yeah, <laughs> <just> like, yeah. <laughs> well you know it, it's all kind of tied to the the cliche of be the change you wish to see in the world type True. shit right i guess so. yeah. and you know i think that you know if you're seeing a lack of a lack of things that you can be a conduit for mm -hmm. you start to do it and you know i've done it you guys are doing it other people are doing it and it's I find that it's a really good way to get yourself around like-minded people and really figure out like who gives a shit and who doesn't. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. you can't just like play shows with the same six bands every other month at the same Which venues. We're all real to you, totally, yeah, totally, sure. totally. <laughs> but like you know, like it doesn't grow. Yeah, yeah. And until you're able to like open up that door and start sharing resources with people, because I think a lot of people tend to. I don't, I've never really gotten the vibe that like it was like competitive in Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. but there are people that are very um, lame. I don't know how to put it. They're just like standoffish, right? Yeah, yeah that's a good one. There's, there's and, a lot of that. Like and, a lot of arms crossed, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And trying to like, I've had like, you know, some, some of those people, I've gotten them on the show and I get to talking to them I'm like, Oh, we're the same fucking person. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's just like a weird, I think maybe it's part of this, like growing up in an alternative subculture and being a little bit of an introvert or something yeah. and not trusting other people or right. Like a, like you're like a porcupine or something. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Especially too, like a lot of the different, like scene, like we were playing with like metal bands when we were in high school on like Drusky shows in a band that wasn't, 
metal. Yeah, just like as an indie Which high is school great. band. Just, you know, like the random last minute, like, oh, Drusky's like, we need an opener. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. Come, come do this. And like, those are the only people you'd interact with. So obviously these four 50-year-old guys aren't, aren't going to be interested <laughs> in talking to you. And then it's like, you do find kind of find a, a community and then you go to a house show in Oakland and like the crowd, everybody there, you've never met any of them. And so at first that's, that's at least for me, was kind of intimidating, but then I just started loving it, like going yeah. to new shows and meeting new people and stuff. And especially like through music, like I used to only like certain genres of music, but as you go out to different shows or book more bands, like started having an appreciation for more of that. And I'm sure even having this podcast, like talking to all these people, like just, you probably just think about things. Oh yeah. Big, yeah. Way bigger perspective on like, especially in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I've had, here. I've had people hit me up and like, I mean, it's on both si both sides of the spectrum. I've had people hit me up that I have never heard of that have a decent following and it ends up being like this gateway to a whole nother pocket mm -hmm. of like weird, like DIY R&B that's happening yeah. at like yeah. fashion shows yeah. and stuff. I'm like, so sick. okay, cool. And then there's people that have hit me up that I've wish I never met in my life. Right. But, oh, yeah. you know, it's just, it's all part of being in this and i think that it's really cool to like have your fingers on the pulse of everything because there is so much that's going on and i find that like really inspiring to see what other people are doing in other scenes i feel like i've gotten way more out of other genres of music and going to those shows than like the genres of music that like i typically play yeah sure you know like yeah the not every aspect of the Pittsburgh heavy metal community has been incredibly welcoming. And like some of our best shows have been the shows that we book ourselves where it'll just be some weirdo lineup. Right. But there's a lot of cool, cool stuff too, but it, it can be very like weird. I, again, I just, I just don't get it. You know, I've said this 10,000 fucking times, but it's that thing where it's like, this was high school. We'd all sit at the same lunch table you know, yeah. you'd be the, the the guy in the system of a down shirt. I'd be <laughs> the guy in the corn shirt. We'd have one weird friend with a Foo Fighter shirt, but it's cool. <laughs> like we're all homies, and then one right? Just came from Super Smash Club. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. like we're all homies. And it's like what. What changed? Like, Depending on when you went to high school, the Foo Fighters shirt might have been sick or really lame. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. <laughs> like when we went to high school, if you're wearing a Foo Fighters shirt, I don't know, man. But half like, the people, it was like sick. Half the people would make fun of you for it. Yeah, for sure. The I mean, I've seen the Foo Fighters like many times, so I'm I'm lame too. So not a fine. big Foo Fighters guy. No, I'm throwing sure. it out there. Whatever. You know, they're one of those bands that I know keeps putting out albums, but I don't think I've listened to anything that they've done in like two decades. Well, they're but doing, if we, you know, one of them, they're the Bee Gees now. They're the DGs. The Did put you know a that? Disco record out. No, they put out a disco record okay. where they cover all Bee Gees songs. Okay. That's like as dumb as that Weezer <laughs> album, right? <laughs> yeah. But like, I still kind of, I just want to listen to it just to be like, is this maybe? Cause I love the Bee Gees. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean like I'm into it, but it's just like, you know, I, I don't know. Famous people with money, burning yeah. studio time. Here we go. Yeah, Enjoy. Right. Exactly. And it's just like it's like a lot of people will buy this. <laughs> yeah, and it it just it just sucks for like somebody is for somebody who is supposedly as cool as like a Dave Grohl is. You think he would be a little bit more self aware? Yeah, I like to think that he is as cool as he seems. But uh, like the the stunts that he's pulling with like, let's make a documentary where 
we film ourselves in every studio. Like we did that when we were 18. He's also, doing that now. The most damning <laughs> The most damning thing he did to on Dave Grohl yeah, session. <laughs> no, um, is uh he like for he put out that movie about the Foo Fighters and he was like, "Yeah, we're making a record in our garage." It's like, "Bro, you have a a $1000 tape machine in your garage." Who yeah, we're making records so in our DIY garage. This is. There's no yeah, di- right. nothing DIY about it. Fucking um, who's the producer that did did Nevermind? That's um, Butch Vig. No, Butch Vig. Oh, Butch Vig. Did Butch it. Vig is hanging out in his garage recording them. Okay, that's so <laughs> DIY of you. That's great. But yeah, <laughs> yeah really, just do it yourself. Yeah, really, really preaching that DIY mentality. But. Yeah, yeah, it, it's. I think that it's just unfortunately inevitable for like people that have been on a certain level for so long to like, they just get disconnected. For yeah. sure. Yeah, there's no way around. Because you got to imagine if somebody on that level or even some semblance of fame went to a house party show to see what's like cooking on the streets, basically. Oh, yeah. It's in two seconds, it's going to be loaded. Things can get shut down. You almost kind of yeah. at some point, you just have, you're just such above it. Like not yeah. above it in terms of, you know, but just outside of it that it just, you yeah. just can't stay connected. You're right. It's like the, it'd be like the equivalent of like, I don't know, even though there's, you've access to great restaurants. Like all you could do is eat at TGI Fridays for the rest of your life <laughs> for some reason. Cause if you go anywhere else, it's just too much. Small, small caveat. They have a burger that has cheese fries on it now. Which is insane. Bro, that's flavor. Isn't that? Is, I've ever heard it? Did, hasn't insane. Sheets been doing that for a long time? Yeah, f- but f- TGI. I went to TGI Fridays recently. I'm okay. gonna say it. I did it. Okay, and, uh, for I, the burger. I had the burger. <laughs> I had the burger, and it was disgusting. But, oh yeah, you know, whatever. I had to try it. You know, there's. You can only do so much at once, <laughs> right? Yeah. And like, this is honestly a perfect segue because sometimes, perfect, especially for. A couple of individuals, oh such as such, blah, 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 a couple of individuals, such as yourselves. Does life sometimes feel like a cheeseburger with cheese sticks and too many <laughs> toppings on it? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh my <laughs> lord! That's right? something that has been like I've right been now. It does this year. It's like because even up until the pandemic, it was like there's we were doing a lot of stuff, and at the time, I think at one point there was four bands rehearsing on top of it as well that I was like gigging with. Um, well, three of them were gigging. Not in the pandemic. Then, though. Not in the pandemic. Once that ended and we started just ramping up again, even with just filming the live sessions over the pandemic and practice and all that, you're like, yo, I literally don't have free time for the next week and a half. There's, oh, yeah. only, there's only so many times our studio can get rearranged before you're like, okay, can I just have my drum set be the same for one time and then I come back and it's the same <laughs> yeah. again, you know, like but yeah. dealing with burnout, especially with work. Cause you know, it's, there's not, <laughs> there's not money in it. I'm not yeah. making a living. You have to it. work it's like, too. <laughs> it's just like on top of 40 hours of work. It's like, that's just in everything. And it's like that, that'll wreck you if you're not careful. I'm sure, you know, sure. Especially yeah. with everything. Yeah. And that's definitely been the biggest challenge is like timing it right. So that everything gets like what it needs without being like undercut. Which, yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, for me personally, what I have found to be very beneficial is just not doing stuff. If I don't feel like doing it and don't say anything about it, yep. nobody notices. Nobody fucking yep. cares. Yep. Right. I could easily not put out an episode of my podcast for probably two months. Yeah. And nobody would say a goddamn word to me. Right. I guarantee you. Yeah. And then I'd put out another one and be like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Right. But if you're all like, 
if you publicly highlight not being able right. to do something or things like that, then all of a sudden it's it becomes a much different thing. And I think that's a conscious effort that we're trying to make too is like, um, like I obviously and Steel Suit Death Club I'm talking about, we all know like what we're doing and like the, the uh, like extent to which we're doing it. However, like not a, nobody else does. And so if like, I've found myself guilty of this, like, Oh, we might miss putting out a video this week. Oh no. Yeah. It's like that who, kind of shit. Who that cares? Nobody's paying attention. Yeah. Who and cares? now we're just like, all right, we're yeah. off season. We scheduled out the shooting schedule and like, we're good. Like, yeah. If somebody has ideas they want to shoot and put out like great. A lot like, of it is my, a lot of it is me personally, my OCD yeah, yeah. wanting to have a video every Monday and look the same and uniform and good and blah, blah, blah. But like, you also got to get over that. A you know, that's bit. honestly like why, like I have found myself like having like, it's kind of a, a luxury of being mediocre. Right. Which I'm totally comfortable with saying that, like in the mm. grand scheme of things, right? How do like, you mean? like, like I'm not somebody like, we'll take this podcast, for example, right? Like this isn't a podcast that gets like 30,000 views in an hour. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's a small thing. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to a small community, but on a big scale, it's not a huge thing. So right. for me to just say like, I don't want to do this today it's okay. And nobody else really notices. And that's what is good because if I was in a position, like say I'm a huge podcaster and say every episode that I do does get those views. I couldn't probably skip. I would actually yeah. have to then keep up Especially with stuff. Like income is based. Yeah. Because like, say, yeah. you know, Unless it's like income based or like, money, you know, but... you have like a, like a much bigger fan base where people are going to be expecting things like nobody right. expects shit from me. Yeah. And like as much as I like want it or like oh, it'd be cool to be in a band that's super successful. It's like, well, how successful? How much success then actually becomes like a problem? Right. And like I wonder pressure. about that sometimes. Yeah. General cons like general high level consistency is way more important than like the really nitty gritty consistency. You hear me, future us? <laughs> it doesn't matter that much, man. Take it easy. <laughs> yeah. Watch this in, in five years when you're like, you remember that time we did that podcast? Oh, God. Fucking worse. That's the way I feel like it's, that's the way it's always is that you're always going to look back on your past self and just like, oh, no. I mean, yep. this is part it's kind of, of the point, though, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just weird now that, like, I feel like, especially younger people coming up, like they're figuring that out and it's all recorded and out there. Oh or yeah. It, even for me, Scary. a lot of the stuff like in high school and even some in middle school, it's like, you know, some social media, but like most of the shows we played for the first eight years were dog shit and yeah. there was nobody there because nobody knew well, about and Like my brother, he's four years younger than me and he's just getting into music now, which is, it thrills me beyond anything. It's so cool. And I'm, I like can jam with him now and everything and that's great. However, he's like holding himself to the standard of like bands that have existed for, you know, how long have we been playing yeah. for, for like a long time. And I'm like, dude, you got to take your licks sometimes because that's just makes you better, you know, play it, play a, a silly Roboto gig and then you'll, you'll, you'll know, you know, or like he's trying to record and it's like, you don't have to be pro yet. You know, I know you get, take it one step I admire time, that yeah. you want to yeah. be. But take it one step at a time. Yeah. You'll get there. Yeah. You know, like That's, you will get there. It just takes a little bit. Yeah. That's the thing that really, really sucks about um, a lot of the internet and the whole like 
it's a lot easier to look like a good band than be yeah. a good band. Yeah. Yep. I remember I started seeing this shit happening in uh, like when MySpace was a thing. Mm. And uh, there was a band. I don't remember what the hell the name of this band was. For one, they weren't a real band. I don't think they ever played any shows or anything. Mm -hmm. But the kid that ran this band, um, he could self-record. He could do graphic design. So, like, they had this MySpace page where it was, like, all of these T-shirt designs, band logo, yeah. well, like, you know, recorded demos that have, like, you know, like, computer drums on them. But it was, like, you know, MySpace metalcore bullshit. But, I mean, like, it really looked like a well-put-together thing. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was totally bullshit. And I right. remember seeing that, and I was just like, this is going to be a fucking problem. Yep. Yeah. Because if there's some kid from, like, Irwin or wherever the hell he was from doing this. It this this isn't going to be the only one. This is definitely going to expand. It's going to turn into a thing where now people see like, oh, like so and so has a band in a MySpace. I want a band in a MySpace, and like right. we got to get T-shirt designs. We got to get a logo. We got to get photos. It's like, okay, when, when did the songs come in? Yeah, right. When do you start writing songs? When do you practice. Yeah, yeah. there's Absolutely. a fine line, and I. Again, I'm talking to future me and current me. There is a yeah, fine we're be totally hypocrites about this. There is a right? fine line yes. between like, like you want to be as pro as you can, right? You know, fake it till you make it type of thing. Yeah. But there's also such thing as too pro. Like for Fortune Teller, our band, whenever like we're we're planning a lot for the fall and whatever, and so I'll go to him like, hey, I think we should get this, this, and this, and this. And thankfully, he's more like, okay, pump the brakes. How many t-shirt designs do we need? Sure. You know, who cares? Yeah. And I'm like, you're right. Let's save a couple hundred it's not, dollars. It's not even like a who cares because it's like our friends will think it's sweet. Exactly. We'll order a hundred shirts. Yeah. And you know, our 20 friends that think it's sweet. not going to make oh, our sure, money yeah. back. You'll, set, you'll sell 10 on the road in yeah, four yeah, months. Yeah, you order a hundred shirts and you have two shows booked. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, like uh, how are you going to get just rid part of, of figuring it out? Like, yeah. whoa, it's just, you just take the hits and you're like, right. all right. Exactly. I think that part of it, I relate with the stress of feeling like I need to do all this stuff because yeah. like, I know like these are things that I should do. Yeah. But like the timing sometimes gets mixed up in my head. You know, I always have, God, I got a burp. There I always have a hard time falling asleep. And like, this is yeah, the kind of shit that I think about at right. night. You know what I mean? Where I'm just like, oh, fuck, like, I got to make a checklist for this gig because, like, you know, it's a bigger one and we're bringing all these extra lights and are we going to need a table or not a table for the merch? I got to fucking, you know, I'm, like, making all these notes up till the three in the app, morning. Yeah, the notes same. app on my phone is a very <laughs> manic place. Oh, <laughs> same. It's, it's horrific. Even even the voice memos, if I'm at work oh, and I can't yeah. type something, I'll be like, do this text it's, it's this either weird this. beatbox yeah. beats uh -huh. i'm gonna try to record later <laughs> that i think for some reason i'm gonna know what i'm doing or it's oh, just yeah. like hey piece of shit like get this done later i love like it'll be like four days later and i'll just see a note in my phone that says like corn salad and i'm like <laughs> what was that about yeah. what 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 does this mean yeah and I, I will never remember i used to work at a restaurant i used to work at permani brothers in mount lebanon and uh i would get like almost like war flashbacks uh, in bed of like oh shit i forgot that guy's ranch you want another beer sure yeah that i would be like yo i forgot that guy's ranch he's like and i would have bad dreams about that kind of thing so like <laughs> it's a kind of a similar thing I, I think everybody, yeah, I'm going to speak right to the camera. I think everybody should work in food service because it yeah. takes 
takes a lot out of you and you kind of treat people nicer so that way. However, food service taught me how to sucks, deal with man. Yeah. assholes. Sucks. Yeah, you know, my I totally hear my, you. Yeah. My first job ever was at a Taco Bell. I saved up my first Yes! Saved up my first yes! three paychecks to buy my first sampler drum machine. Ring it, baby. <laughs> Ring the bell. And I still I still have that sampler. That's tight. I, I worked at Panera for like six months when I was 16 after high school and saved Across up the- from a what? A Taco Across Bell. from a Taco Bell that Taco. my friend used to work at, and I would go over and get free quesaritos. Oh, oh, that yeah, rolling out. That rule. Love you, Taco Bell. Give Cheers me to Taco still. Bell. Um, yeah. But yeah, and and just fucking saved up and bought my first actual guitar, like a, a Fender Jaguar, and I yeah. was like, oh, I'm the shit. Uh, you, you had a you summer were, where you just spent a lot of like your graduation money. And I spent all my money on yeah. an amp and a guitar, and it was so fulfilling for me to see because I'm a I'm just this much older than him. In like a, a year or so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but like you know, I at that point, like I'm a drum nerd. And so um, I think I had like multiple drum kits by then, but you were like joining the club of like the buying expensive gear <laughs> club. And it was so sick. This hobby that I regret getting into now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure. It's like start working at 16, just been broke since. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So, <laughs> but in the best. But uh, financially broke, but spiritually rich. Oh, yes. absolutely. Oh, I, 100%. I love that. Absolutely. Yes. So on the topic of fast food employees, question for the both of you. Okay. Are you familiar with Moe's Southwest yes, Grill? Yes, Yes. Welcome to Moe's. Welcome right? to Moe's. Do you think people that work at Moe's have a hard time hearing doors open when they're not at work? <gasps> <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> Yo, you just blew my fucking mind. Dude, you just called- That call- is stress. You just called out corporate Moe's like with some employee trauma. Like they need like some like counseling after they fucking work there. Like, like that's, they gotta undo some shit. Like those doors with the, like the convenience uh-huh. store doors with the bells on it. They hear that and they're just like- oh. Anytime you hear a bell, you're just like, can I help you? <laughs> yeah. Welcome Moe's. I'm oh, sorry. Hi, grandma. How you doing? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm, I agree. I it's think like, they're traumatized. Uh, it's legitimately uh, something that I've thought about anytime I've been in a Moe's. Yeah. I've never asked anybody though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I stopped working at Permanis like over a year ago. Like when the pandemic started in March and uh, I just now can like really enjoy the food again. You know, like it was, it took that long for me to be like. Sure. It's not like there was anything wrong with it, but I was like, I would come home and my hands were coleslaw oh, soaked yeah. and oh, yeah. oniony and gross. Totally, you see totally. the other side of it. And it sucks being from Pittsburgh and just wanting to shit all over Permanis too. Bro, I fucking <laughs> love Permanis. Yeah, me too now. If, if, I have a, if I have a friend that comes in the town, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like, let's go to Permanis. Yeah. Because I, I get it. It's like, I'm, I am... I am dog shit. You're not. If you want to go, we can go. But I am never. It's in the same way. I would never introduce myself as Sykes to someone. Yeah, exactly. I would never be like, you got to eat Permanis. If you want to, cool. Let's go. Right. Yeah. It's but- like somebody's in town. They're like, yo, what should we drink? I'm like, let's go to the craft house. Like, yeah. Not like, gave them Iron City right Don't, off the don't bat. give them. And like once yeah. they've had a couple, we'll be like, yo, this is our shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's, you know. It's really, it's not too different from how art is sometimes. I think it's really easy when you're super passionate about something that you want to put it on somebody. Mm-hmm. And then like, I respect that. But if you're like a jerk to somebody, like, well, what do you mean you don't like the new Taylor Swift album? You're crazy. <laughs> like that kind of, what do you mean you don't like Permani? Who the fuck cares yeah, if cares, you don't like something yeah. or if you do like it? Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's just like, do what you want. Unless it's hilarious to do that. I will get defensive over Taylor Swift 1989. That record rules. Putting that out there. I know. I'm just putting that out there. But 
<laughs> yeah. I, 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 Blank spaces, dude. Yeah, I mean, I think she that, can crank out the hits. Yeah, man. I, I have no problem with Taylor Swift. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you just you just pinched a nerve with the Jeff a little just bit. Like, He's like, dude, like, don't don't insult my girl Taylor. Just uh, like I, you know, I'm just I, I'm gonna marry her one day for sure. Absolutely. T Swizzle, dude. You know, I I think that it's really really important, uh, especially I think for anybody. I will say this. I will say this. I think it's really important for anybody who is a musician to have a healthy relationship with pop music. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I agree too. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be a fan of it, but I think listening to it, understanding, there's a reason why that stuff is at the top. Yes. You know, it's like scientifically engineered to like tickle people's like pleasure spots that make them enjoy and feel good or feel sad. Like it's like, it's a crazy thing. And it's like understanding the the DNA of a pop song, I think will make anybody a better songwriter, regardless of the genre of music. Oh, absolutely. I, I think just in terms of overall production, it's like, there's a lot of like, oh, like we kind of joked around earlier with Dave Grohl, like throwing money at studio time and stuff. But even like DGs. records like that, yeah, like the DGs, like I'll listen to that. And like, as you get into like the production side of things, you're like, you start hearing sure, stuff yeah, that's yeah. just like, that's how I kind of got Jack Atnoff or whoever does all that like pop stuff now. Like the, is like the genius that makes people money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And not only that, but just like all the, every time you listen to it, it's so high, like well-produced and there's so much money mm-hmm. behind it that like you can always learn from any kind of music and yes. especially pop music. And like it is popular culture. So there is a layer of everybody knows what this is outside of music because you talk music with your friends, you know everything like about what they like and you can recommend bands and then you go back to Thanksgiving dinner and you're like, yo, have you ever heard about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard? And your grandma's like starting to think like, should we have sent him to military school? Like, like what's the deal? Have you, have you, um, are you a Sykes or Brian, whatever, uh, are you... <laughs> Don't mean to. Well, I, I mean to be to be fair. At the start of every podcast, I'm like, "Welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes." My name is Sykes, and this is my podcast. Crap! So I'm a total fucking ding dong. I've only been doing that for over 400 episodes. Well, sure. welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Brian, and this is my podcast. There you go. Boom. Yeah, but anyway, we got it. Sorry. Um, no, it's okay. Are you? Do you use TikTok? No. Okay, that's fine. Me too. But that's like that's my gateway to pop music. Now. Sure. Sure. Right. Sure. I could There's see that. There's a song by Doja Cat that I am obsessed with. Cause it's, and I, I don't listen to happy music very much. Like if you listen to the music that I play with bands that I play, it's mainly like pissed off, fuzzy, like whatever. But man, the, I forget what it's even called, but it, that song rules. But like, I definitely fully echo that. Like you got to get down with some pop to totally know what's going on or else you're going to live under a rock you know? mm-hmm. and that's not good. I'm definitely guilty of there's like a couple of bands or artists I'm really into, but for the most part, I feel like I am way out of the loop with most shit. What's your favorite <laughs> album of all time? Tell, tell Sykes. Asia by Steely Dan. Okay. I, I Makes no album. sense. I, yeah. I don't do anything like it, but that is my favorite album of yeah. all time. I don't know why. How much of that, if it, if any is like tied to nostalgia, is that something that you've listened to for a long time? Or did you discover that like a little I, bit later? I think kind of both. I guess when I was like 17 or 18, I got a crate of records from like okay, a family cool. member and was like going through a bunch of it. Cause we got into vinyl when we were like high school. We were mm-hmm. like, Oh, this sounds better. All this shit. Sure, now I'm sure. like, I just like the format. I'm just used yeah, to it. Yeah, that's and, cool. Um, but uh, kind of through that. And there was Asia in there. 
I just remember listening to it and I don't know why it resonated with me at first, but the production across that whole album and like the songwriting and just like the musicianship, like the way it evolves and grows, like really it's very moving in a lot of ways. We Summer. also covered Peg. Yeah, we a used cover, to cover, cover. We used to cover Peg back in the day. Yeah. Not well. No. But it was like fine. To make that announcement. Not well at <laughs> perfectly all. Perfectly, <laughs> perfectly adequate cover of Peg by Steely Dan yeah, by the Darcys from adequate Canada for sixteen-year-olds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You know, with the whole pop music thing, I think that it's for me in discovering stuff. I don't use TikTok, but I will um, every once in a while, just like YouTube, or just like look on billboard top 40 i used to do a segment on start the beat called stop the beat where we would just listen to like the top 10 billboard songs and just rip them or that's sick or get into it i haven't done it in a really long time that might be something to bring back at some point in time but like it was fun to listen to that stuff most of it like i just really don't care for yeah um but also it's like you know this isn't for me you know like the, this the the Cardi B is not for me. No, it's Machine not, yeah, Gun exactly. Kelly is not for me. I also really like that song "Up," which is like WAP and "Up" are like the foulest songs in the world. And like <laughs> it, like <laughs> I used to say, we have a quote board down in our our studio that we write like silly things that we've said. And um, it I I wrote on there because I said it out loud that WAP makes me feel like a conservative. <laughs> it's like it, there's there's when it's I hear so that song I feel two things. I feel I'm like, God damn, she's a genius. She can sure. really she go is for a it. Fucking genius. Yeah. Like that is like perfectly executed top to bottom. Like yeah. Oh my, that idea of a release. And the other half is like, you're right. It's like, it's not for me. I don't, it's not for me. It's too much. I'm just like, do, do, do either of you remember two chains? Yes. Uh, two chains. So I, I think, you know, looking back now, cause two chains was really popular like a decade ago. And mm-hmm. then I don't know what happened to, to sir chains, but sir chains, is, <laughs> Mr. chains. if you're out sir, there, sir chains is gone, <laughs> but I would have loved a universe where there was like a two chains Cardi B song. Wow. Yeah. There could be one. I'm sure it wasn't a hit. If it does exist, this could be your pitch to like Columbia records or whoever right now to bring back but, two chains. And oh, man, collab, I collab loved, uh, you know, the, the all I want for my birthday is a big booty hoe song. Sure. <laughs> that song is so funny. A song that it's really so ridiculous. Yeah. A song that really resonates with anyone. When I die, <laughs> bury me beneath the jewelry store. What are you saying? It's so funny. She got a big booty, so I call her big booty. That's, That's the right. opening line of the song. Yeah, he rhymes a word like... with the same word. That's right. And, and it's it's so hype. You're yeah. just like, yes. It, it, it takes big balls to do something like that, especially rhyming the same a word with the same word. But I think that like what it really boils down to is that a lot of people just want to have fun Absolutely. when they're listening to music. And that's yes. probably one of the most important lessons that a lot of people, especially in these like alternative moody subcultures can take something from. What's your definition of fun then? Like that's what determines the genres. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I, I, I totally and I get think what that, you like, mean. Moody music can still be fun musically. There's like a dynamic where I think you can play like, like, oh, this song is really depressing, but that drum beat smacks. Like you well, can. Yeah. That's th- the way I try to write is like, usually I'll put out a 
like some songs where you're like, the point is just to have it be moody and sad. Like if I'm really just trying to like express that and get that out, but then sometimes it's like, I want to write something that like I can play at a party and enjoy it just as much after I write it mm-hmm. and then still try to incorporate everything I'm trying to get out with it. Yeah. Like, and like blending those two things together, like grew up on garage rock and a bunch of stuff like that. So I'm just thinking half the time when you write a song, like how is this going to do in a basement or like in a little room with a bunch of people like in that vein? Yeah. With our band fortune teller, it's like we, we try to get people from multiple directions where it's like, I don't think we intentionally do it, but also like if you like, like, you know, hardcore breakdowns or something, we probably have a few, a few nicks in the set that you can, you know, swing your head around to but if you also just like gnarly fuzz you know we got you you know that kind of thing and riffs and whatever you know so it's kind of good to try to be accessible to a lot of those things too yeah and if you lean too hard into that obviously it's going to come across as like fake and cheesy like it's it's within like genuinely what you're going for but no, absolutely. Or like, if you're King Gizz, you just do all the genres. Yeah. King Gizzard and Lizard yeah. Wizard like put put out like a five album year and one of them was jazz and then one of them was metal and then one of them was, you know, it's crazy. And that's honestly like the way I kind of approach it. Like you were talking, we were talking about before with like art or just anything you're trying to go for, like keeping the boundaries open to it. And like each project is like, I want to put out a punk record. I want to put out maybe yeah. like try to write some more soul music or acoustic music, stuff like that. And not have that expectation be there. Cause even if when you get to a certain level, like other people can expect things of you that, you know, maybe that will be a thing one day, but if it's not, don't be mad. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Think back to like, um, the beginnings of music being a thing. I mean, I know music has always existed in, in humanity. Right. Mm -hmm. But when did we start, putting genres on things. Yeah. It's almost like the question of like, who decided what swear, what words were swear words? True. You ever think about that shit. Yeah, that's like who, who was like, who's like fucks a bad word. I'm sure there's history that you could dig into to learn that. But I want to figure out like, when did people start deciding that like, Oh, like, you know, Elvis is one kind of rock, but the Beatles are another kind of <clears> rock <throat> and the doors are, another thing and the Rolling Stones are another thing. And then it like splintered off into like all these crazy things. Like I remember when I was a kid, there was like, you know, the rock section, a rap section, classical, and that was it. But I mean, if a record store existed now, it would probably be impossible to navigate. Record stores are kind of crazy now. If you think about it. Oh yeah. Like the attic is like, they the rock section. I think Billie Eilish is in the rock section. Sure, you know. Well, that that's like an old school way of like yeah. filing stuff, right? But like you know, does the exchange still have like really ridiculous subcategories? I don't remember. I haven't been to exchange been in a exchange. minute. Yeah, Never. yeah. They might. I mean, I don't ne- know. Next to the action figures and and posters. The exchange books. is a headache. It, it, <laughs> it, it's a great. When I was younger, I loved that. Oh, uh, totally. I'm sure, yeah. if I went back, I'd still be like, "This." Is I dope, thought it was my favorite record store when I was like 18. I was like, "This rules." You know, sure. they have everything I want, and then I realized they don't have everything I want. And I, I'm more of an Ides guy or Eads. Is it Ides? Ides? Or it's Ides. Ides over over. Have um, you been to the attic ever? Yeah, I've been to the attic. Yeah, and like, the attic well, my f- I love going to one of my things was like going to Jerry's and like you just take like 15 bucks. Like, yeah, I could get 
10 records. Go in the back room where it's like all the old jazz throwaways <laughs> and you just find like a, a 75 cent record, put it on and like you'll just hear something that isn't online anywhere because it's too old to even have it be remembered. Or it sucks. Online. Sure. Yeah, or it sucks or something. <laughs> but just like, I, I like that, like that aspect of record stores where they have those real deep collections and deep dives. Where what you can small tangent, weird not stuff. a tangent, but one time I went to Jerry's and I uh, bought some stuff that I just didn't know. And I texted my, my, one of my best friends, Alex Peck, Alexander Peck. He's the man. Shout out to Alex. Um, I was like, check out what I got because he's a jazz guy. He was my drum teacher and he like really knows what what's hip and what isn't. It's like, check out what I got. You know, what do you think? He's like, that all sucks, man. I was like, <laughs> damn, dude, I spent $8, man. And it's all crap. But it's is it still on my shelf? Yeah, it yeah. is. I have it now. At one point, I kind of stopped buying every record that I could just because I was like, all right, it already looks full. And I was just like, I think when I started in, got into it when I was 14, that's what I cared about. Sure. You um, know, I feel like how can you really learn about good music without taking time to listen to bad music? Sure, Absolutely. sure. That's one of my favorite pastimes with my friends Noah and Zach. We have a playlist called Butt Rock Motherfucker <laughs> um, that like we subject the rest of our friends to. Yeah. And it has like um, Stained, Creed, um, like Hinder, like all that kind of stuff. The greats. It's awesome. I love it. And I, <laughs> what the bad part is, is that like, and they've said this before, that if you listen to it long enough, you'll start to like it. And that's a problem. Sure. Just like those two are the same guys that got me into studio wrestling back in January. <laughs> I so can't I'm basically, do it. I'm like dipping out. We tried. Know, like, <laughs> I'm devolving into like white trash slower uh -huh. and slower. But like, I, I'm going to wear what I have. I am me. You know, I love it. You yeah, know? I, you know, there's there's only so much time on this planet. So, you know, if uh, Stained and <laughs> been old, a while. Old, old WrestleMania videos do it for you, dig in. They did in the winter, that's for sure. I'm So I'm going to be maybe seeing Stained in September. That rules. Because they're touring with Korn right now. Right. But I and my friend Mario have been... We're really curious if Stains is actually because like they, they the tour's happening now, but that yeah. show's not until September. Uh -huh. And there was already an article that Aaron Lewis got drunk and sang the same song twice in a row at a show. It's like Let's I don't go. think yeah, that Aaron it, Lewis maybe. is gonna make it to September. <laughs> My our buddy like, <laughs> our buddy Evan dug up this documentary about Stain making oh some God. album from like you know the early two thousands. <laughs> dug up this archive and he's talking about the song where it's like. What is it? What the hell do you do sitting in your mama's basement with a shit to like one hand on your dick, right hand going click, giving you a rim job? And it's he like, knows all of it. Knows, they yeah. look it up. They like people know the lyrics. But, um, and <laughs> like, it's just so, he just he so just recorded ridiculous. those lyrics. And then he was like, I don't want it to sound line of progressive. I just want it to sound like stained after they have a big fight. And it's like, bro, you're talking about like putting peanut butter on your dick. You know, like that's crazy. Bro, he town. just wants to sound like Stain. You just want to sound I, like, like Stain. I'm behind it. I'm like, yo. This one goes you. out to Aaron Lewis. You know, <sighs> keep singing the same song twice. Yeah. You so, you. yeah. So, either these are my, so right now, it's like, okay, either they drop off the tour 
and they're replaced with somebody that I do want to see, which like, would be tight. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe Pittsburgh's the show where it really all goes wrong. There's always the yeah, chance. We're just, just rooting. Yeah. Oh, that's a weird feeling to be like, I want to see this band because like, like ah. what, 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 what would be more like, this sounds mean, but what would be more disappointing than watching a competent live set from Stained <laughs> in 2021? I know. Like, what? Nothing I happened. I yeah, they played I the songs mean. and it was fine. That yeah, that's about like the worst <laughs> case scenario. <laughs> I'm just like not oh, looking forward to get to that point. Even like Metallica, you'll watch like every set. There's the same documentary the out by them. Yeah, you know? the, yeah, exactly. Where they're right. They're just bitching even, about each other about the most like insignificant uh, shit. One ever. of their dads is like, "You should throw this album away," and they're just all like, "Come on, dude." Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that, I don't know, man, I really don't know. I just think that like, what expectations can you put on somebody that like is, you know, playing sold out stadiums across the world when they're like 20 years old? True. And then now they're 50 and it's like, you know, people change, your tastes change, things you want to do change. But you're like, that goes back to what I was talking about before that like expectations of others yep. on you shit, right? Yep, that's right. You, you know that what 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 are we supposed to do? You know I feel like what I mean? At that like, point you just gotta own it and be like, I'm doing this now. Yeah. But I feel like if you lock yourself into like, oh, I have to be stained or I have to be Metallica, then <laughs> you just turn older and you're like basing your whole personality off of this instead of like what you're actually inspired to do. I hope that someday in your life you're like, I have to be stained. <laughs> I have that to that be, would be sick. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna well, start I hope that one band. day in your life, right? Like you, fortune teller, will get as big as Foo Fighters, uh -huh. and then you'll do an all stained cover album in Dude. about two decades. Oh, I would do that, uh, and a hundred percent. You'll get the that. royalty. You'll get like a uh -huh. third of the royalties if for the you, idea. You'll, yeah, get a, the you'll get idea. a. You'll get songwriting credits for all. Of it. <laughs> that would be sick. Even though none of us wrote the two, songs. <laughs> two piece heavy site covers <laughs> of stained <laughs> songs. A whole like two year. We really jam campaign and tour about like. Yo, these guys changed. You know what's funny? Invest millions of dollars into now it. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's so funny because like I'm gonna feel like a real hypocrite now because I'm thinking about like, oh, it's important to learn from pop music and things like that. But then I think about like bands that do really bad covers, like 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 the pop goes punk stuff and yeah. all of that shit. And I'm like, I get like real cringy. I'm like, okay, maybe that's not the lesson to take. I don't <laughs> Stay know. In your lane. What is the What's the oh, yin yang it, of this, it depends, right? It depends because, like, we've done covers of that definitely where we're thinking, like, this will do well, but like, try to do it in our own style and sometimes lean into it a little more. Like, I just did a cover with Water Trash of Gary's song from SpongeBob. Yeah. Okay. Genuinely, because I felt that shit. Like, I, did you grow up with the Spon with SpongeBob? You know, it was around, but I didn't really watch it. There's just, that was just part of the childhood. And, yeah, you know, watching totally. the, the whole episode's I, about Gary being missing. And where like, is I he? I was feeling it. I always liked SpongeBob. I just never really didn't watch it. It know? was like a big part of our, like, our, oh, zeit, our like zeitgeist. All of our I believe friends, it. like all of our family. We, we just grew up watching If it, you so. were born from like 95 to like 01, it really resonates with you. If the rest of you, like maybe a little bit surface level. And there's obviously like, play with that but it's just it i mean was, we covered a black sabbath song on saturday so that's really just us leaning into what we know best yeah that's true yeah for sure and it's i think like the divide between that is i'll watch a cover from a band and it's hit or miss with me where either okay either these people genuinely like are into this and are behind it 
and it doesn't just fit their style or it's not just a view thing, but they're taking a song, embracing it and really trying yeah. to express it themselves. Yeah. And then you'll see a cover where it's like, oh, they just put this on YouTube. It's just a song they like or that they yeah. think is going to get them views in the, the disingenuousness of it. Yeah, that's, that's a word. I like, think that's exactly that's a word. word it is. If, if the, if, if it's feels genuine and authentic, like they don't, they're just doing it because they love it. Uh-huh. That's yeah. what I get behind, even with original stuff for the most part, yeah. especially live. Yeah, I think in, intention is definitely Absolutely. everything. Uh, yeah, there's something when like people go out of their way to be obnoxious for attention. Yeah. I find it very off-putting. I don't know. It's just not my thing. Especially like... But I like I like like somebody that... I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. That's fine. I like, I, like, I like when somebody has like a charming arrogance on stage. Like it's rock and roll. Like I want to see yeah. a little attitude, but like uh-huh. don't be a dick. It, yeah. It's, it's, I guess it's a tightrope. Yeah. It's a tightrope. Like one yeah. thing if you... It, there are bands that I love that do this, but it's one thing if you like bust out the same gimmick every night on stage. Like it depends. Like I really like 68. And they, we went and saw them at Kativa, rest in peace, Kativa, where, yeah, you know, like Josh Scoggin lives up his guitar and it says thanks on it. And like, I saw pictures of him doing that the next night. Like, like every, after the same song every but night. But like, yeah. I didn't know that that was a thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think that those gimmicks played more, played better back before phones and stuff because you didn't know that was coming and you didn't know that that was just special to you. You know what I mean? I almost kind of think like that. You can think of those as like gimmicks and almost even back in the day, it was like part of that show It's like to the people sure. performing as like a performer. But at the same time, yeah, now with like phones and stuff, it's like if, if you record every set, it's like almost like you would gig out like smaller gigs. And I'm sure you guys have done this too. Like, yeah, we'll take that Wednesday gig or something like try out a bunch of new songs or I know you guys did that live to vinyl thing. Right. Yeah. And, and like a prepping for that, like building set, you're like building a show. And I'm sure like some of those things fall into it too. And I've definitely been guilty of like telling the same joke, saying the same thing, doing the, but also like you just got to keep the list small of like, when you come see a fortune teller show, you know, you're going to get X, Y, and Z. But like you gotta leave. Like I think what we try to do is leave a lot to the unknown. Like you know, will Jeb take his shirt off? Maybe. Yeah, that's a guarantee. Like I'm a, no, I'm a you very didn't last. Guy. You didn't last time. You didn't I last didn't? time. No, I played earlier that day and did take my shirt off. So, so but like that kind of thing. Yeah, I think yeah. that it's a little bit harder. Like if you're a band who is you know doing like a 45 city run and you're playing a different True. every night. Like you know, it's just like this is a really good set these gimmicks or these things work and we're just going to do it because we're playing to, you know, hundreds of different people every night. And that's just like, it's a lot different than being like, you know, a band like, like my project, normal creatures. We Mm -hmm. really haven't had much of an opportunity to tour, but we have like a ridiculous stage set up. And every time we play, I'm like trying to make sure that like the show is somehow different because I know a lot of the people that are going to be there saw us last time. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't do that for like, if it was a tour, it'd be like, okay, this is the show True. for this for the tour. tour. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why I really like, because I like the spontaneity of it. That's like why I love rock and roll. You were the crowd too. surfing guy for like a summer. Yeah, we all go through phases of things. I'm not even saying <laughs> you got a con- I did it in West Virginia. Can I say when you ago. hit your head at Black Forge? Yeah, I got a concussion at a show one time doing just like ridiculous rock and roll. Stuff. Yeah, I know, like just 18, like, let's go. It whatever. was sick, dude. But that's what I love about shows is like, I love 
everything up to it. You build a set, you prepare it. Um, like the ebb and flow of like, okay, this 30 to an hour is our time to do this, to make this our environment. And like the people there, like to give them a show. And I like with rock and roll and a lot of the stuff we do, and this kind of goes for anything is when you're on stage, like also the performance is part of that expression, like not just Absolutely. The, the songwriting and being like, okay, this especially is the, with our band. Like, yeah. And like, as, like, yeah, the just, energy of it, man, that that's what it's always about for me is like just wanting to bring energy and just yeah. to put everything into that performance kind of a thing yeah. is, is where I come from. I want my ass to be totally kicked by the time I'm done. Yeah. If, if yeah. it's not, then it's, uh, that's a problem. <laughs> sure. So, I totally yeah, get that. I, I yeah. look at it as like, yo, people came out to this show now or at like death fest this weekend. You're like, Oh, there's a lot of people here. Like they put their lives aside to come to this oh, for yeah. a day, whether they wanted uh -huh. to just as a festival or not. Right. I'm like at some point I'm like, we got to make this something yeah. that they will be. Oh, so excited. Mm -hmm. They came. It's to see for. so important to be aware of that. Yes. Because a lot of people that play shows do it for themselves and they're not thinking about, the crowd that's going to be there. Like, why are you doing the show? Why are people going to come out? Why should people watch you? Why should people tell their friends about you and bring, why should people come see you again? Yep. Like that kind of stuff. And, uh, it's really, really, really easy to not give a shit about that stuff because you're so wrapped up in yourself, you know, rock and roll star yeah, oh, mentality shit. Here. But yeah. that's just, that's yeah. not it. Like none of those people fucking care unless you give them a reason to. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. I and mean, the other thing too, like on the flip would be like, it doesn't matter if there's only five people in that room. If you can make them all give a shit, then that's, exactly. that's a lot. That's We've done like that a lot of times. Like nobody came to shows for probably like six or seven years, to be honest, because we started playing out like we, we started playing together when I was like 14. I think he was like 15. Mm -hmm. I might have even been 13. And like, we were young boys. Up until we were basically college age, like early 20s, late teens, this one, you could start getting some people out. Yeah. And that was also like when your friends would be able to drive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like where my mom wasn't dropping me off and Pete, the bouncer at the Moose, is like, yo, Shout out to Pete. Is she on the Pete guest rules. list? Like, yeah, yeah, shout out to Pete. He's, he's one of the realest <laughs> yeah. people in Pittsburgh yeah, with yeah. that. Um, but, yeah, so. I don't know. Think about every, like, I've gone to a lot of shows where, like, maybe I'll casually, like a big show. I'm not talking about, like, a local show where you, like, casually know the band. And then you leave and you're like, oh, my God. Like, St. Saint, Saint Vincent is the artist that comes to mind. I was like a fan because our friend Riley was like, you got to check out the record. It's really good. And I did. And I liked it. But then I left. And I'm like, oh, my God, because I was obsessed because I saw the show and it brought back the memories of the show and whatever. I feel like that's a thing that a lot of like local bands have to can should strive towards is like if there are people there, m make your music like evoke the memories of being at the show because it was a good time. Absolutely. Like and you know what I mean? Not only that, because I think, like, songwriting is totally different. Like, songwriting and, like, show prep, totally different for me. Like, building a set versus writing a song is right. whatever's causing the song to be written is just, like, inspiration from life. Um, sure. And then when it's like, okay, here are all these songs. Now let's build a show. Like, oh, we're going to play Roboto or a house show for 30 minutes versus, oh, we have a set at Smalls Theater for 45 minutes. Just what is the vibe? What's that, the energy of the place from playing just after a while with the experience, you get the vibes of it. And 
I think that's one of my favorite things now too, just as much with writing music as like writing sets for shows. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then practicing the hell out of them, like moment to moment, those 45 minutes, like you're not you, you're, you're this band putting on this show for these people. Mm-hmm. And, right. and then when you get on stage, it's so muscle memory that like, that's when you can let loose and have fun with it and kind of control the vibe of like, are you taking it super seriously? Is it a party? Is it what's going on with that? So. Right. Yeah, I, I concur. I think that it's a lot of fun to have the ability to like have been a band long enough that like you have enough material where you can do that and you mm-hmm. have the experience to know, you know, what works well at what venues, what works well with what other bands. And it puts you in a position where like you're not stuck just playing with other, you know, fuzzy rock bands all the time. Like yeah. you can play with find yourself on any set and it opens up more opportunity, Mm -hmm. which I think is also really, really great for a band that's like still figuring it out because you could play a lot like in your like local scene or your tri-state area and be exposed to a lot more people. If you're willing to play shows with bands that like you don't necessarily fit with, like if they're cool people, then like, you know, they probably have cool fans that are into different shit so just take advantage of that we've experienced that firsthand oh absolutely and like especially booking like it's always okay well what's the first three bands you think of it's okay it's the same three bands you booked on the last two bills and then you're you think about it and the shows for me that i've taken the most from not even like money or like um attendance wise but some of the shows like coming up um when nobody'd be there like whether i'm younger even now like real small shows when friends are in town or whatever um, with a bunch of random bands where it's just, you're just friends with people or maybe there's a band you don't know. You always learn something, whether you think they're good, whether you think they're bad, whether they did well or not, whether they've been around longer than you or not. Like my mindset is every set that I see and every person I meet, there's always like something to learn from it and like something to, be able to like teach them with by just interacting with people that you're not usually around. And that's why I love going to shows. I'm the guy that like, I'll just go to a local show. It's like by myself. I yeah. do that all the time and just like meet people, watch bands and just see what's going on. Cause if I don't like the music beforehand or like the genre or something like that, if I go see it live and start meeting them, I'm going to, it's going to start clicking. And yeah, then all of a sudden true. I see it from that perspective and even with like the hardcore scene and a lot of metal scenes around here, that wasn't really my vibe, but like our friends in cutting ties, like a death club band, seeing them and playing with them through their iteration since we were like 16 or 17. Now I get it. And now when I go to a show, like I'm excited for it. Like I I genuinely see where they're coming from. So I I think that's like, for me, a a big thing is like trying to get that exposure to all the different stuff. Yes. Whether I end up liking it or not, like it's, there's something, there's value in all of it. Right. Yeah. I think that brings it a little full circle too. Cause it's like, that's what we're, um, that's what we're trying to do with Steel City Death Club in a lot of ways is, um, we involuntarily have gotten ourselves to, uh, acclimate with genres that we might not have before and we're still striving to do so much more of that as time goes on that you know it's if you it's just about the friends you make in a lot of ways with music and there's no cap on the amount of friends you can make in Pittsburgh and wherever with playing music and so why you know why try to 
keep that into one group, bring another bring another band that you don't know in on the show and you know maybe you guys will click and then that'll be a thing and then you can expand it for further in a show a month from now and blah 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 so forth and yeah. so on you know what i mean that absolutely kind of and just like the people you meet through doing that like most of my time now is spent like doing music stuff outside of work and like the people that i've met through there and obviously there's friends from life that you grow up with and stuff but even like friends from west virginia or like, shout out to tony from bowling and natural rat or like in a bunch of different cities like even here that i never would have met outside of music stuff where it's like oh these friends are like some of my are my best friends now pretty much most people we do point. have kind of a flex on a lot of other people like all of us is like a lot of people have their work friends and their high school friends and their college friends or whatever, some combination of all of those. We have those three. We also have our music friends and yeah. I don't want to speak for everybody else, but my music friends are like my best friends, you know? Yeah. Oh, sure. It, and it fucking rules. Cause like we can all talk about like, dude, that blank record sucks so bad and let laugh about it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. I mean that like stuff, dude, like I met, Everybody that I'm friends with now that like I'm legit friends with are people that I met through the music scene mm -hmm. over the past decade. I don't have any friends that I was in high school with. I don't have any friends from like jobs that I've had over yeah, the past. Yeah. Like, I, none of those fucking people. Like if I didn't have the local music scene, yep. I don't know who the fuck I would be hanging out with. Yeah, right. I really have no fucking idea. Yeah, I agree. It's like this like weird path we diverted off onto where it's just like i can't imagine what my life would yeah. be like without this stuff now and it genuinely was, it was weird because for me whenever i got out of high school and you know start working at taco bell and all that shit <laughs> like my yeah. focus was really about um just doing music and i had friends that i did music shit with in high school but it was just like something to do. But yeah. after everybody kind of graduated, it it didn't take long for everybody to separate. Right. And then that combined with like a relationship that I was in that broke off because it was also, you know, whatever, you're fucking 19, right? Yeah. And yeah. then like a lot of my friends were like, well, you know, we're going to hang out with that person instead. And I didn't fucking have anybody. Right. And I was like, okay, well, I guess um, I can email some people and try to rap at a bar in Oakland or something and you know it just <laughs> did you ever play at out. the shadow lounge oh yeah mm -hmm. I've heard legends about that place uh I don't it's not around anymore no, yeah I had I had an album release show at the shadow lounge. Really? that's so cool I did yeah damn hell yeah, yeah. in 2012 it was probably like the last year that place was open that rules um, but yeah I mean like even before that I, I fuck man there was like a I played plenty of like hip-hop shows there I was in a few beat battles there Whoa. What's where, a like, beat battle? Where like, it's basically just like a bunch of producers on stage with laptops and like, and, like you play, they, they, so, like, you give all the beats to somebody that's just <laughs> okay. playing them and then you have to like hype up the crowd during your beat and like it goes like, goes against like such like, like, you know, like my, like Sykes versus JJ. Yeah. And then whoever wins that, you know, it's like a, a tiered thing. I want right? to go to one of the, do, them. do those still happen? I that don't sounds think sick. anybody's doing them anymore. Damn. But, uh, Can we I bring mean, them back? Sure. Just okay. be back. That sounds like a great party. That sounds night. sick. It was fun. It was fun. You know, I, I think I did two of them. I didn't do super well, but it was like good vibes. Like, you know, everybody had fun. Yeah. That's, that's what matters. Uh, to Another thing too is like, uh, Jeb was talking about like, uh, friendships and music and stuff like that. Just a point I wanted to make was that I think one of the true 
uh, motives of Steel City Death Club is to try to encourage friendships amongst mu- uh, music people, different genres, etc., as opposed to division, which can happen because people think it's a competition because it's not. Like I remember one of the first things we said in that silly documentary that we were making fun of earlier was like, <laughs> if it, but it's true, if one guy does well, we all feel good, you know, or whatever. Yeah. You know, we all win. It's if, like just feeling like wanting your friends to do just as good as like you ever could. Like is part of it too at, is at, getting there with that. At Death Fest, Cutting Ties, um, one of the uh, hardcore bands on Steel City Death Club with Noah and Zach, the butt, butt rock motherfucker playlist guys, um, <laughs> they played their first show back and like, you know, forever as a, like a new iteration as a three piece. I got just as jazz to see them do their thing as this new thing as I did when I was playing. Cause it yeah, was absolutely. fucking awesome. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, and that, I think that feels pretty good and it's wholesome at the same time. Oh, absolutely. Like seeing like a lot of my friends that we've like come up with is, there was like a point right around early 20s when you're like, we don't entirely all suck anymore. <laughs> and then now when you see like some of our friends like in like water trash or cutting ties or even this last weekend, like fill up a place no matter how small it is. You're just like, you just get so jazzed on yeah. it. It's just like, I, I don't know. There's just a sense of that. And honestly, anytime I go to a local show, even when it's like bands I don't know or performers I don't know or anything like that, and they do well, there's still that feeling of it, especially at coming up when, and I'm sure you know this too, like all when you're younger, all the shows that there's not a lot of people at, like nobody really cares, you're figuring it out. And then when you start to see it like, oh, a local group is doing well, I, it just always gets me so pumped up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And, you know, it makes you realize that it's not impossible. I think a lot of times think, you know, it's easy, like, even earlier, I was like, oh, nobody really cares. It's like people care. They just don't care as much as you fucking care. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yep. And like, it's just, you know, taking, like finding value in like the small things um, mm-hmm. and not expecting everybody to give a shit every time. Like, oh, like here's another fucking picture of the band from this live show that we played two weeks ago. We've been sharing different photos every right. day for the past fucking week and a half. It's like, nobody cares. Nah. Or like, you know, you post about like in the studio doing stuff. Okay, cool. Like you're doing what you're, this is what we expect yeah. you to be doing. So it's like just publicly as a band, my advice to a lot of people is to just shut up until you actually have something to say. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, don't overpost. Stop proving it. Yeah, we get it. We get it. We get it. It's kind of what we're doing right now, isn't it? A little bit. Overposting? No, no, no. Shutting up until we have something to say. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, my mindset. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I was just like, wait, are we over With with Fortune Teller, sorry, not Steel City Death Club. Um, (laughs) Because I was like, it's been like two days since the fest. I was just like, I I think we've only made like one post. I was like, oh. No, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the goal, too, is like, and I'm sure both of you understand this as well, is like even talking about projects with friends and stuff. And I've certainly been there, like the ambition, like I want to do this, do this, do that. And the demo and then, sharing yeah. sessions that we have. Oh, yeah. And stuff. Where you're like, yo, yeah. check out these demos. But then you post something like, 
while you're working on it and you're super jazzed. Gets oh, three likes. EP working on an album or something for next year. Yeah. And like, I've certainly been there. And then you get around there and you're just like, oh, I'm a piece of shit because I've done literally nothing for it. <laughs> yeah, who cares? And I've done nothing for it. Yeah, so pretty much. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. But we are working on an album though. We are. Cool. Can we, can we oust it? I think we should. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, we got an album recorded. We've been working on it for... We aren't working on it. It's been done. We, we've been working on it. It's recorded. <laughs> it just feel. It's been... We finished recording like a long time ago, but in, like... In March. Yeah. We recorded for like um, many a month. October just, through March. Yeah. Try to take take our time with it. <laughs> and yeah, we're all jacked up. But yeah. um, working on it for a while and... October 8th. October 8th. It's dropping with a release at the Fun House, October 16th. So, oh, cool. Yeah. So we're this is fun. the This is the verbal announcement. Yeah, this is the the verbal actual announcement. in text and image announcement will be later in August. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. You heard it here first on Star Well, the there's, there's, Sykes. There's, there's a chance that this podcast won't actually drop until later in August, anyways. Perfect. That's so. great. <laughs> there you go. Announced recently <laughs> to this, maybe. Fortune Teller is also traveling through time. Yes. yes, there you go. That's how the podcast always is. <laughs> that love it. Yeah, but our our <laughs> record is coming out October eighth, and um, on Steel City Death Club, and we have a lot of stuff planned for it. Absolutely awesome, man. That's really really cool. Well, as the train is rounding the station here, yes, I think we have successfully recorded a podcast. I think. Thank you for fun. having us. Yeah, it's it's it's. An You're honor. super welcome. It's really an honor. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, let's have a hand for all of us. Oh, thanks. Yes. There we go. Absolutely. Cheers. So, JJ, Jeb, thank you for coming by. Fortune Teller, Still City Death Club. Where can people find this nonsense? All I'll over do- Instagram, Facebook, social media, Spotify, any streaming platform. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, steelcitydeathclub.com. And we have a website. And we have a website. About that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he runs a website. <laughs> Tight. And uh, that'll be it. That is all, folks. Thanks so much for being here. Again, thank you guys for coming by. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. My name is Brian. Start the beat. <laughs> 2021. Woo, woo. Thank you so much for listening. And we're done. That was a podcast. Thank you very much. Appreciate woo. it. That was so fun. That was a good time. <laughs>